Peak Wealth Management proudly presents Finding True Wealth with certified financial planner Nick Hopwood and accredited investment fiduciary Jim Pilot. Nick and Jim believe by making simple, good financial decisions, you can retire with confidence. And now let's turn it over to your hosts, Nick and Jim. Welcome, welcome everyone to the Retire With Confidence podcast. I'm Nick Hopwood. And I'm Jim Pilot. This is episode 92, Retirement IQ, or should we say Retirement Illiteracy. Yeah, either one works. There's an article in Barron's this week which just really grabbed my attention. Mm -hmm. Barron's is my favorite Mm -hmm. magazine, so we'll take some ideas from there now and again. But it was talking about a retirement literacy quiz where there's an 81% failure Uh, fail rate. So in other words, just 19% of the people could pass the quiz and the passing grade was 60%. Yeah. So like, doesn't mean you're getting them all right. It just, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think passing should be like 70. Right. 60 is just too easy, but still everyone failed it. Yeah. Okay. And here's the other thing in 2014, 17 and 2020, they had a similar number of people failing. So no one, we're not getting any better. Yeah. Which means we're not doing our job mm-hmm. or they're not polling our clients <laughs> that could be or it. our listeners. <laughs> that's true. I, I think that's probably it. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about what people got wrong. Um, so if you're a 65 year old man, how old should you expect to live? That's a good question. You know, and this comes up a lot when we do our planning, right? And we, we yeah. tell people, we have you go until 90, 95, whatever, right? And everybody says, I'm never going to live that <laughs> right. long, right? So That's I think right. people, I would say that people would underestimate how long that they will live. Exactly. So the life expectancy is 85. Okay. And like you said, we plan out longer mm-hmm. because we put together conservative plans. Right. Right. We want to exceed our conservative plan yeah. in, in reality. People don't think they're going to live as long. Mm-hmm. So what might that, if you're a do-it-yourselfer, right, what, how could that be a problem? Um, you, you may be un- really drastically underestimating, underestimating how much money you need yeah. to live yeah, and how much you can take out. That's right. And that's the next part. Uh, people failed on the 4% rule, mm-hmm. which is an academic, but it's widely respected. Yeah. Right? Some people are trying to poke holes in it now, mm-hmm. but ultimately the academic study says if you withdraw 4% per year, right, you should be able to make it from 65 to 85 with confidence. Right. Right. So in other words, if you have 100000 that's a $4,000 per year withdrawal. Mm-hmm. If you have a million, it's a $40,000 withdrawal right. per year. That, that's, a, that's a really interesting thing to keep in mind though, right? Because a lot of times people will think, well, if we can make 8% on my account, I can pull out 8% and it'll be there forever, right? But that doesn't work that way. Right. And, and uh, I, I left this part out. Only 32% of the people knew about that, hmm. about the 4% rule. Okay. Okay. And that's probably true. It's kind of a more technical thing, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it's very important. Very now, what if so you, you gave the example, we make eight and pull out eight. Well, if that were, if that happened this year, it wouldn't be the end of the world, right? Mm-hmm. But the mindset cannot be that I'm going to do that every year, mm-hmm. right? I actually counsel people. I say, if you have a big expense, take it out when the market's up, right? right. That's the time to do it. Right. Because let's think about what happened this year in March. Mm-hmm. Market went from the peak to the trough, 35% down. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you were a retiree and you're taking money out during that time period, right? You know what? 
Yeah. What's you, the consequence? Yeah. If you're forced to take, you, you need to add 8%. That's how you pay your bills, right? Because you take out 8%. And if you have to do that on March 23rd, right, when the market's hitting this 35% lows, uh, that's a much bigger percentage now. That 8% is, is way higher than it was when the account that's was right. at, at an all-time high. Yeah, I wish I had my calculator to calculate that mm -hmm. right now. And we're recording using my phone, <laughs> so I can't even do that. But what's 8,000 what's 8, divided by 65,000? It's like 13% or something. Yeah. That'd be a, a monster withdrawal right? because you're withdrawing from a smaller base. Mm-hmm. So what if what and if then, this and then the money's then you don't have that that money there to help when the market rebounds rebound, rebound right? yeah so what about this the sequence of returns and this is not part of the quit of the illiteracy quiz mm -hmm. but just another spin-off talking point yeah you know what if you retired in 2007 mm -hmm. or 2008 at, at the market peak and then yeah. it went down 50 percent and it stayed down until March of 09 right. And you're taking money so out. So right off the bat, you're yeah, right after you enter retirement, now the market dips. Yeah. And stays low. So your four percent on day one retirement numbers is much different than four percent in March of '09. Right. So now you have to either adjust and, and be uh, able to take out a lot lower retirement withdrawal yeah. because four percent of a smaller number is going to you know give you Pay a smaller cut. amount. Yeah. So you either have to be able to adjust to that. Or, yeah, or if you take out the same amount you were expecting to take out before, now your withdrawals have drastically exceeded that 4%. And it's okay to go over 4% temporarily. But we look at, you know, usually if it's temporary, it's because you're waiting for Social Security to, to turn on next year or mm -hmm. something like that. Or you're waiting for the mortgage to be paid off next year or something like that. Mm -hmm. But if it's going to be a permanent larger percentage, it's a, it's a really big red flashing light. Yeah. And we might have to say the really hard choice of you have to spend less mm -hmm. or you have to try and find a way to make more money, which means <laughs> income, Yeah. right? Which is something people don't want to hear three months after they retire. Yeah, and you know, there's a kind of a similar article in Barron's, uh, it wasn't continued on the retirement IQ, but it was saying, hey, even if you're a great saver, mm -hmm. when you get to retirement, Oftentimes, there's a couple areas where people are falling short. Yeah. And one is housing. So uh, I mentioned a minute ago, maybe you're waiting, maybe you're taking a larger withdrawal right now because you still have a mortgage. Mm -hmm. But here's the stat. 46% of retirees still have a mortgage. Wow. That's a big number. It is. And here's the trend. 30 years ago, that number was only 23%. Mm. So it's gone up. It's double. Quite a bit, yeah. Yes. So that trend of, of more and more people having a mortgage in retirement, I think is awful. And I agree. Yeah. So we've talked many times, yeah. even a lot of recent episodes, about uh, you know what what do we want to do with, with debt? We want to plan on paying extra mm -hmm. and not refinancing so many times that you have a brand new 30 year <laughs> at retirement. Right. You know, if you're 50, we have to make sure you're on a 15. Right. You know, if you're 55, let's try and get on a 10 year. Yeah. You know, and that's it. It's really, it's, it, it goes right hand in hand with what we talked about with the 4% withdrawal amount, right? If you have a mortgage that has to be paid each month and now you're forced to pull money out of your accounts to make that mortgage payment, uh, that's not a great situation, right? So that's a huge reason why we want to send people into retirement with 
the least amount of obligations as possible. And going into it with a big mortgage payment is not ideal. Couldn't have said it better myself. So the idea is, even if you're a good saver, one decision like housing can really sink you. Mm -hmm. um, so the costs burdened by housing can be a, a, too big of a high too high of a percentage of our of our total income. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that was one of the things that the article referenced as well beyond the mortgage, right? Um, property taxes, like if. If your property taxes are a thousand a month, right? There's like that's mm -hmm. like a mortgage anyway, right? Right. So you got to think about those things as far as housing goes. Yeah. Taxes, HOA maintenance. Okay. Condo fees, right? People yeah. move to a condo because they think it'll be easier, and they're easily paying four or five hundred dollars a month. Well, easy. That's high. Like, <laughs> who pays five? <laughs> you got like a security four. guard? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's a gated condos, right? Yeah, I want I would want my condo to be under two fifty. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You might be surprised. I've seen a lot of them that are up in the three fours. Yeah, I've seen them. I don't like it. You don't like it? No, I don't like it. So that's often overlooked, right? And then healthcare. Okay, mm -hmm. the recent Fidelity study shows that for a couple from age sixty five to death, the that couple is going to spend two hundred and eighty five thousand dollars on medical. So oh. when Fidelity first started doing this study, I don't know, I'm picturing like 10 or 12 years ago, I, I called BS. Mm -hmm. I was like, no way. And then I sat down and I did the math and I realized that it's right, okay? Right. Because it's Medicare premiums, Medicare co-pays, mm -hmm. um, prescription drugs, right. um, uh, not long-term care. I think. You know, you get the gist of it, but it's mm -hmm. times times husband and wife every month from 65 to 85 or 90. Yeah, and you're talking about 25, 30 years worth. Of Plus inflation. Money, right. Plus inflation. Right. So even though Medicare has all these great benefits and it's relatively inexpensive, right, it comes out to 285,000 for retirement. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have your HSA, most people don't. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you don't have your savings in line, if you have a mortgage. If you're making a big withdrawal, this is a major problem. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that goes without even talking about long-term care. Right. And that'll sink you. Yeah, and a, a long-term care event, which can last 18 months, right? It, that, that's a big expense for a long, drawn-out period as well. Sure is. And most people do not have long-term care insurance, and they do not have an HSA, and they don't believe that it'll happen to them. Mm -hmm. right? It's not going to happen to me. Right. But the numbers are pretty high, right? Mm -hmm. Isn't it 70%? Yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if I can believe that, though. It's a pretty high number. 70% of everyone's going to enter a long-term care facility? Yeah. Does it mean they'll enter a facility, though, or does this require some long-term care? Maybe from sure. home or something? I think they're really boosting that number somehow yeah, to scare be. us. Yeah. <laughs> but even if it was like 40%, yeah. right? That's, that's pretty much a 40% probability that most people are going to be on Medicaid. Mm -hmm. And that's scary. Yeah, that's true. So we have to build in these what-if scenarios with our financial plan. Right. And does it make sense to, to plan for and protect for some of those things? There are ways to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's not cheap. But if you do it early enough, it's doable. Right. Yep. And it's always got to be the right fit. Right. Some people mm -hmm. it makes sense for and others it doesn't. But for those that it does... Uh, there are some pretty cool ways to, to plan for it now. Yep, so 
people have bad retirement IQ, mm -hmm. and we're here, we're here, dedicated to helping people get better IQ. Yeah. Okay, and we want to raise that 19% passing rate. That's pathetic. I think it shows, and the fact that it hasn't changed over all the years either. I think it shows that people are overconfident. You know, they think they know more than they really do, which is a good way to get in trouble. I think it's because they're not listening to us. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> uh, okay, so yes, we want to raise that IQ, and um, we want to make sure that even if you're a good saver, that you don't make just a couple of bad decisions that can right. that can put you off track. Mm -hmm. Anything else you want to add? Yeah, it's just it's those big decisions and those high ticket items like healthcare, housing. Housing, you know, yeah, really, housing and healthcare. Yeah. We believe by providing education and guidance just like this that we can help you retire with confidence. And if you have a portfolio over five hundred thousand, and you're looking for a second opinion, give us a call or visit the website peakwm.com to book your appointment and learn more. You've been listening to certified financial planner Nick Hopwood and accredited investment fiduciary Jim Pilot on the Finding True Wealth podcast, sponsored by Peak Wealth Management. You can learn more about Peak Wealth Management by visiting peakwm.com or follow on Twitter at nhopwood1.